Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello. Welcome back to Old Millennials, a deep dive on shallow topics from the late 90s and early 2000s. I am one of your hosts, Emily. And I'm Margo. Well, we are today very excited because this week we grabbed our old people magazines from the late 90s and early 2000s and got to digging on the who's who of who was together. That's right. We're talking about the iconic couples of the late 90s and early 2000s. Oh, my God. Am I Mario Lopez at the Grove? Because I feel like I'm on Access Hollywood <laughs> circa the mid-2000s. That was extremely extra. jaunty, Emily. I, you know, all of a sudden, I, I just felt like I was at my audition for E! And <laughs> You I, were possessed by the spirit yeah, of a People magazine from right. at the airport from 2001. Maria Menounos <laughs> is in me today. Gross. God. <laughs> and also, you better. I intended for that to you, be. Better, you better hurry up and get your shit together because next week you're on the red carpet for the Oscars. So you better ask those hard hitting questions like, I, who did your dress? Who did your dress? Who did your nails? Who did your hair? You know, really compelling stuff. Life changing, really. <clears throat> oh my God. Sorry. <sighs> I should warn everybody. Um, I am a little. I'm even more hoarse than I normally am because last night. I went to a friend's birthday party. Uh, she does this every year where we read an abridged version of a bad movie. And last night was Independence Day. And I had the honor and the pleasure of playing Randy Quaid's character. And apparently I interpreted Randy Quaid as Al Pacino but louder. And so I screamed for so long. And my voice But it's is... fairly accurate, right? Like, <laughs> right? I mean, you know, he never... He never yell. He never just says a line in his movies. He no, no, no. Yells them. Like, I, I feel like I embodied the spirit of the commitment of the Randy exactly Quaid acting method. You, you, you came. You delivered. You did exactly what you should have done. I understand. I'm glad we got you got some tea next to you to to get through this episode. It's extremely NPR on my side of the recording. But yeah, if you hear me. Um, 
clear my throat kind of in an annoying way, please know I'm trying my hardest. I also am getting over a sinus infection. So the two together, I'm like really true. I'm falling apart. We've been out of commission this past (laughs) month. I had a sinus infection slash inner ear infection. I was on antibiotics a couple weeks ago. Now you have a sinus infection. I'm on that good old Sudafed. That's right. Where my fed head's at, baby. (laughs) (laughs) We are falling apart. We really are. January to me felt kind of like a year. I posted that meme on our Instagram. uh, I think it was like on the 30th. I'm like, I can't believe there's one more full day. And it's of Danny McBride at the end of Tropic Thunder. And the caption is, this is how I feel at the end of January. And he's got, like, the neck brace on. He's, like, dirty. He has, like, a smile on his face, but you don't, like, but a dead look in his eyes. And that was, that's us. That's us right now. That's us. It was a struggle to record today. I don't even here. know how people do dry January on no. top of just surviving January. I, my dry January slash whole 30 turned into a damp a January whole, a really whole, quickly. I think it was a whole 10 days. A whole 10 days. I mean, food was, I was you know, fairly good. The Those alcohol, wings were great. Those wings were really good. Um, but the, the alcohol, that was, uh, I tried. It doesn't, I, it doesn't stop just because it has gone from one year into the next year. I gave it the college try. Which means she showed up hungover. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, uh, so I... I I don't know about you, but I was very obsessed with tabloids, especially around oh, this yeah. time when a lot of these couples were coming to prominence. Yep. For some reason, it was a little bit difficult. I wish I had kept all of those magazines, to right? be honest, because I felt like things went on for so much longer than mm-hmm. what the internet is reporting to me when I was trying to do some research. Yes. Like, I remember Gwen and Ben being a much bigger deal that's... And you know what? Actually, they're, they probably are, like, the longest deepest dive that I do have because they have talked about each other, especially Gwyneth Paltrow in the press in the years following, especially in the last couple of years where we have this wave of nostalgia for things that happened in the 90s. So I thought it was very interesting that, you know, it feels long in the moment, but you look back and you're like, oh, wow, that was only, they did it for like two years. That's truly astonishing. I mean, I think the way it worked back then, it does like looking back at these relationships where it's like, oh, that was only two years. But yeah, I think the tabloids gave it that effect. And I think that, you know, speculation had these people in relationships way earlier than they actually started. And I think it was before people were as media literate as they are now where you could say that someone is pregnant and you would spend months. And there's not the Internet, obviously. Yeah. So you would spend months assuming that this person was pregnant. Every once in a while that'll happen, like. That whole Dakota Fanning, Chris Martin thing that happened where everybody oh, was, like, convinced Dakota she was pregnant. Johnson. Oh, what did I say? Fanning. Whoops. Not that one. <laughs> My bad. Yeah, the other, the Johnson child was pregnant, <laughs> and everybody was like, yep, she's definitely pregnant. She's definitely pregnant. Two years later, where's that baby where's at, everybody? Where's that baby? She's but been even, pregnant longer than Jessica Simpson at this point. But even now, people try to... It's really interesting that we're doing iconic couplings right now, especially after that Brad and Jen photo that oh, happened at the yeah. SAG Awards. How many times have they broken up, gotten back together, had twins secretly? He cheated on Angelina with her yep. as a revenge bang. Like, it, obviously, we're all trained now to b- not believe any of that stuff. But without the internet, I also feel like a lot of, like you said, these couples were speculative fiction. But yep. what I remember best are all of the paparazzi shots because, for sure, as little as we knew about, say, Cameron Diaz and Jared Leto, I remember being incredibly invested in their relationship just based on photos alone. Zero info. They like hardly talked about each other in public. And I th- like back then that was just such a yeah such a big deal. And I feel like 
in the time that we live in where there's just been so much written about like feminism and intersectionality and all that, I think the way we approach celebrity couplings changed so drastically. Sure, yeah. Like I'm going to later talk about Jennifer Aniston. And one of the things that I point out is that I think our obsession with her, at least society's obsession with her for so long was like if the most beautiful woman in the world can't keep uh, her husband, then we're all fucked. But I feel like if this relationship had happened now, 20 years later, I don't think we would have this level of obsession. I Yeah. I mean, the way that everybody read into that photo was bonkers. Yes. It was over a week of yeah. discourse. Yeah. People lost their minds and the different interpretations of like, that means they're getting back together or this is like a strong woman saying goodbye to right. a guy who was a piece of shit to her. It's like, I, I am not that invested or, in that. Or it's D, you know, option C where it's just like, guess what? They are cordial with one another. They're on civil terms. They have mutual friends and they happen to see each other in an award show. Like exactly. And they don't loathe each other. When you work in Hollywood, years ago. when you work in Hollywood, your exes are your coworkers. That's just you, how it goes. That's just how it goes. And unless you're like dealing with, you know, some crazy, crazy, tumultuous divorce, they didn't have kids. They didn't have pets, I don't think. They just you know, didn't realize, she have Norman at the time? Maybe, but it, but it that's her dog. That's her dog, and 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 like, and I'll go into this. Their their separation for what the tabloid made tabloids made it out to be was very kind of chill when you really think about it. Because they blew up that affair of so course. bad. I mean, when they leaked those pictures, you can basically you can hear their hands ringing together in the maniacal laughter in the background, like this will finally do it. Yeah, because it was also it was sort of like the. Um, Oh my God, Kristen Stewart and that director. Oh, it was like there yeah. were there were rumors, there were rumors, there were unsubstanti- unsubstantiated yeah, rumors, and then there were like blind items, and then finally, like the actual proof. It's just like when you are finally vindicated. They love to relish they in it, love it, except it's disgusting when well, tabloids do and it. And when it was actually proven at that point, they were so close to. I think they had just announced their separation or something. So well. They maintained that, like, nothing had happened, really, really happened while they were still married. I, You know, I don't think the timelines, well, they may have had, like, chemistry and all that. I don't think the timelines are as muddied and as blurred as the, the tabloids made them out to be, for sure. Well, there's definitely some messiness that occurred. For sure. I mean, it's, it's, it's obvious, but it's definitely not to the extent. I think they had, tabloids had Brangelina as a thing. Maybe six months before anything actually really did happen. Right. And tabloids are very much, we need a, an evil person and a good person, and they need to be involved in some sort of triangle. It's very soap opera-y. But back in a simpler time, if you can cast your mind back when Gwyneth Paltrow and Ben Affleck were dating, which they had an on and off relationship for three years from 1997 to the late 2000s. And they, oh God, I can't believe he's fucking coming up again. But they met at a dinner party hosted by Harvey Weinstein in 1997. Gwyneth Paltrow was fresh out of her relationship with Brad Pitt where they were engaged. Oh, yeah. And in recent interviews, good old Gwenny Paltrow has gone on to say that she mourned her relationship with Pitt for five years, ostensibly making Affleck a full-blown rebound. Doesn't that suit him, though? Uh, he doesn't deserve much more than that. <laughs> they also, I, I was reading, in my research, I was, like, reading, I think it was, like, a Bustle article, but they said that they had the chemistry of two dryer sheets. I mean, it was that white. He was as white as a bachelor season. <laughs> 
They would go on to work together in Shakespeare in Love, but then broke up in 99, hence her awkward shout-out to him and her acceptance speech at the Oscars. But they got back together, at least publicly, not too long after Gwyneth Paltrow tricked Ben Affleck into starring in Bounce. (laughs) (laughs) I had that on VHS. Oh, my God. I think I didn't... I don't even think I finished it. But I remember I got Bounce and Sliding Doors confused all the time, but I really liked Sliding Doors. That's a good movie. And so I would go into Bouncing like, yeah, that's Sliding Doors. I'm like, shit, no, wrong movie, fuck. (laughs) Gwyneth Paltrow got Ben Affleck to take the role of a businessman who gives up his seat to a man on a flight that later crashes and then... Ben Affleck swoops in and then grief bangs the widow. She she thought that he was more capable and that this role would really show off his acting chops. But as the song says, I need you like Ben Affleck needs acting lessons. <laughs> like most breakups, even amongst us normies, their demise was ultimately a culmination effect. First of all, the beloved Brad Pitt is a very tough act to follow, especially if you are Blythe Danner and R.I.P. Bruce Paltrow, who loved Brad Pitt and were sort of meh on Affleck. Which, they got it right. I, they're not wrong. No. I mean, Gwyneth Paltrow's gone back. She's backpedaled a little bit where she's just been like, yeah, no, he, they loved how intelligent they, he was, and he, they thought he was really nice, but maybe just like not in the right headspace, which is code for he was dealing with a drinking problem at the time, even then. <laughs> As I was saying before, how Gwyneth Paltrow got Ben Affleck to agree to be in Bounce, she sort of also had an open disdain for his movie choices. In an article that I dug up from the New York Times, where it was an interview with Ben Affleck promoting Bounce, she was interviewed for some sound bites, and she directly calls out his roles as him coasting in Armageddon, Forces of Nature, <laughs> Pearl Harbor, and Saving Private Ryan, which was coming out later that year. She said those movies didn't push him. And we've all seen that Family Guy joke where Ben Affleck remembers that he has to be King Arthur in 15 minutes, and he just says, hello, 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 nailed it, and then takes a bong rip and goes to set. We all know that he doesn't want to be pushed. He's Show not, me the lie. He's Show not, me the lie. He's not looking for a challenge, and that's no. okay, Gwyneth. No. You don't need to change him. But, you know, she's still young, and so we all think that we can fix men in our lives, and then we realize we don't fucking need to. Mm-mm. Ben Affleck also said a lot of fucked up misogynistic shit about Gwyneth Paltrow at the time. Although we all hate Goop, she definitely experienced a particular brand of disgusting sexism and harassment during this period of her life between Weinstein and Ben Affleck. And, you know, a little bit of sympathy. Exhibit A. Around the time of this New York Times article, Ben Affleck was getting dogged out in the press for saying that Gwyneth Paltrow is, quote, actually funny and down to earth, a fat girl in a beautiful girl's body. Oh, God, like shallow how, but he, the other way. He was... predicted shallow how. Jesus. He wished it into life. It's oh. like Tony Robbins heard it in a whisper of a wind and was just like, what? Shallow how? <laughs> Starring Jack Black. Ugh. And then this exhibit B, there was a long-standing rumor that during Shakespeare in Love, while Ben Affleck was getting strapped into like a complicated pair of shoes, Gwyneth Paltrow was getting fitted for a skirt next to him, he shoves his entire hand up her skirt and basically tells everybody that's within earshot that she's got a really nice ass. Because he's a fucking super cool bro. You know, he did something... Remember Hillary Burton? I, thank you. Okay. No, no, no. Go ahead. Yeah, that was, was, like, was going to yeah, be my next point. Yeah, like, so MTV Spring Break, back when Hillary Burton, before she was on One Tree Hill and she was just a VJ on MTV, she uh, was interviewing Ben Affleck and, of course, drunk frat boy that he is, started making out with her and, like, just up and made out with her. They had just met, like, seconds ago. I think he... Gro- like, didn't he, he grab gro- her boob? I think he did, too. And, like, and so they brought it up during all the Me Too stuff like Affleck was one of those people who kind of defended Weinstein at the beginning or just wasn't doing enough really uh, to show up and be like yeah that's that's bullshit 
Um, and I remember someone tweeted that video and was like, well, he clearly doesn't care about women. And she responded to it and was like, yeah, I was, I had just met him seconds prior. I did not know that was coming. And he was doing promo for the dreaded Batman v Superman Law and Order SVU very special episode at the time. And so some reporters rightly, rightly called him out. And he essentially was like, oh, whoops, like I didn't even realize I grabbed her boob. I'm like, that's not, first of all, that's a shit apology. And second of all, that's not an excuse. Just because you don't recall grabbing sorry, someone's tit doesn't sorry mean it didn't I happen. made you feel uncomfortable. But it's just because you don't, I mean, that's a, also clearly like a, someone who has substance abuse problems. That's sort of the line if they haven't fully healed or gotten better will kind of be like, oh, well, I just like don't remember. It's like, that's not really an excuse. Doesn't mean it didn't happen. So this New York Times article, though, is also from, I think it was 2000, is incredibly interesting because it gets into his family history, particularly his dad's history with alcoholism and how it runs Mm -hmm. in the family. Mm -hmm. And the author of the piece all but alludes to him having a, you know, obviously a problem. Even back then, it was sort of like an open secret. So I found that to be very interesting. They eventually break up in October of 2000. But the most interesting part of this couple is during this era... Gwyneth Paltrow and Winona Ryder were best friends. Oh, I know yeah. it's difficult to picture. I could not picture it until I looked it up. But they were. They were practically inseparable because they had come up around the same time. Gwyneth Paltrow even introduced Winona Ryder to Matt Damon. And they spent all of their time out doing double dates and all sorts of like cutesy Hollywood shit like that. They had some massive falling out around the time that Gwyneth Paltrow and Ben Affleck were splitting up. But... People maybe thought that they were, like, splitting up their friends or maybe it was awkward. But turns out Winona actually fucking hates Gwyneth Paltrow forever because Gwyneth Paltrow stole the lead role in Shakespeare in Love from her, allegedly. So, allegedly, Gwyneth Paltrow saw the script in Winona Ryder's house, asked if she could read it, auditioned for the role behind her back, got it, and then eventually went on to win an Oscar. And that's crazy because the next year was Girl Interrupted, which was supposed to be Winona's Oscar year. And then uh, Angelina Jolie stole her thunder. This also comes back up in 2009 when Gwyneth Paltrow launches Goop, A Simpler Time. Anyway, the very first article of this cursed site is a drag on Winona Ryder. No. Goop writes, quote, back in the day, I had a quote unquote frenemy who, as it turned out, was pretty hellbent on taking me down. She went on to write, quote, I restrained myself from fighting back. I tried to take the high road, but one day I heard that something unfortunate and humiliating happened to this person, and my reaction was deep relief and happiness. What a cunt. That's so awful. (laughs) Shove a jade egg up it. Mm -mm. Winona's doing just fine. Hashtag free Winona. (laughs) And that's the story of Gwyneth Paltrow and Ben Affleck, who did not live happily ever after. Actually, I don't think all all but one of our couples, I believe, tonight uh, stayed together. Stayed together. Or did not stay together. So my next, my couple, first one is Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston. The fa- the the photo that launched a thousand blog posts last week or two weeks ago from the SAG Awards is all because of this relationship, which was the height of like celeb gossip for probably a solid four to five years. So before they get together, some background, Jennifer Aniston had dated Tate Donovan from 1995 <laughs> to 1998 because he played... Her client slash love interest Joshua uh, on Friends, and then before dating him, she had also dated Adam Duritz from Counting Crows, who would later date her best friend slash co-star Courtney Cox. Just plowing puss, Adam Duritz with those white boy dreads, like oh seriously, my God. seriously, Bay Area's own. Ugh. Catch him on the Warriors courtside seats, hanging around, just 
curse in the court. That's right. <laughs> Haunting it like a wraith. <laughs> Mr. Jones and him. Oh, God. I'm sorry. I know. You had to do it. I, I don't blame you. I had to do it. Meanwhile, Brad had dated several co-stars in the early 90s from <laughs> Robin Givens, who was actually Mike, T- um, Mike Tyson's ex-wife. Ooh. Yeah. Jill Sholin um, and Juliette Lewis, which I'd forgotten about. What a wild pair. Right? Later, his first really high-profile relationship would come from, of course, dating his co-star from the movie Seven, Gwyneth Paltrow. They dated from 1994 to 1997 and got engaged during that time. And, and they uh, also became the same person because they got the same haircut and wore a lot haircut. of the same clothes. They both had the same, like, junky highlights because it was the 90s. Like, it was incredible. So Jen and Brad meet first in 1994 because their managers were friends, and then they later are set up by said managers in 1998 on their first date. And later, she would say in an interview in Rolling Stone that uh, she really liked him, quote, he was this sweet guy from Missouri, you know? A normal guy. like, And so that was really, I think that was a huge basis of why people liked them was, sure, they were super high-profile actors, but they were kind of really low-key. Like, they, you would see them on the, in these paparazzi photos in, like, jeans and T-shirts just getting pizza in L.A. or whatever. Super fucking baked. Super fucking baked. <laughs> After months of speculation about their potential relationship, they made their first appearance on the red carpet at the 1999 Emmy Awards when Friends was nominated. A few months later, they attended a Sting concert where uh, they went up on stage and she had an engagement ring. Oh, my God. I totally forgot about that. So it it all happened very quickly at that point. And then the following year, in 2000, they got married in a private ceremony in Malibu. They had 200 guests, uh, 50,000 flowers, four bands, a gospel choir, and fireworks. Um, and they wrote their own vows and I was just like, I was reading what they kind of said. It was just very cute. They were again, like another couple that even though they are really hot people, you could have seen yourself be friends with them. So this goes, they know it's bliss for a couple of years. And then the beginning of the end kind of starts in 2003 when Brad Pitt meets his Mr. And Mrs. Smith co-star Angelina Jolie when they start filming. And that's when the rumors start to circulate about their onset chemistry. They maintain that nothing happened between them before uh, Brad Pitt split with Jennifer Aniston, but, I mean, the photos tell a different story. It's fucking messy. Very messy. They would later announce their split on January 7th, 2005, a week after having vacationed with Courtney Cox, then Arquette, and her then-husband, David Arquette. Who we are not talking about. We are not talking about. Over the years, I think this relationship, a lot has been made out of it uh, with Brad and Angelina um, because they were first seen as this controversial couple. She was seen as a homewrecker. People believed... Okay, but that spread in W Magazine did not help matters whatsoever. It certainly did not. And I mean, again, I think our culture has evolved quite a bit that this she would have not gotten that, that crazy amount of wrath that she got in the press. But I feel right. like it would have been more evenly divided, for sure. It would have been sure. more evenly divided. Like, Pitt would have been as equally, like, um, just... Raked over the coals. Exactly. Ultimately, though, in hindsight, Pitt and Aniston ended things fairly amicably, and she's even said in a Vanity Fair interview that, quote, we exited this relationship as beautifully as we entered it. And the quickness of them getting together, though, was hurtful to her, and she's implied that in interviews over the... the past few years or after the relationship you know 
stating that it was really difficult to see everything right in front of her with these uh, magazine spreads and pictures and all that. So what's interesting is for how popular they were, they were not together for very long. They have had more relationships play out in OK Magazine. Yes. Than, and, and they've been a longer couple, according to tabloids, than they were together. Exactly. I don't understand this phenomenon. I don't either. But it this entire, the way this, actually the way that they broke up has cast them as people that have followed them for the rest of their lives. For sure, for sure. And she's it, sad, heartbroken oh, yeah. Jen who can never she can childless never keep a man. Childless oh God, Spencer. Yeah. I mean, by the way, she's fucking rich. She looks incredible. She's her skin years is old. Her skin Stunning. is flawless. So she's gorgeous. banged she's she's banged that Justin Theroux. Thank you. I was like not Justin yeah. Trudeau, the other hot Justin. <laughs> I mean, she's had to, she she's got to bang a lot of hot dudes. Yeah. She's fucking fine. She's doing fine. And I'm, she's had to say as much. And I feel, that's the only thing I feel bad about is like the fact that she has to constantly tell people at least once a year, like, I'm not a sad person. Right. Please stop saying that to my face, like saying it to her face in interviews. It's, it's crazy. It's insane. So really, I mean, I, I will go into the aftermath of all this, which is, of course, that after Brad and Angelina got together, they would go on to have six children, both adopted and biological Jolie. That's too many kids. Jolie had adopted her first son, Maddox, when she was still with Billy Bob Thornton in 2002. Um, he, But she had adopted him on her own and then uh, later adopted Zahara. Pitt would go on to adopt both those children and then she would adopt another son, Pax, and have three children together, Shiloh, Knox, and Vivian. They got married in 2014 and would go on to separate two years later. Meanwhile, Aniston's next film project after the split would be ironically called The Breakup. She would go on to briefly date her co-star, Vince Vaughn, Yikes. who also happened to be in Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which I had forgotten about. Oh. Yep. Then she would later start dating Justin Theroux, who she met on the set of Wanderlust in 2011, and then later get married to him in 2015, and they separated two years later. Of course, as we've talked about before, the reunion a couple weeks ago, there was major press coverage recently because they were both seen at the SAG Awards. They've both been heavily nominated. This award cycle, her for her role in the network, or sorry, the the her. network the morning oh God, show the wishes morning show. the morning <laughs> show wishes oh god and and, and so for aniston for the morning show and then for brad pitt for once upon a time in hollywood truly the highlight of the whole movie for sure they had a brief friendly encounter at the sag awards that everybody was, read way too much into which was taken a photo was taken of and well, later, the photo of him watching her give yes, a speech. That's what I. So that's what oh. I'm going into. Is later the video was caught of him watching her accept her best actress SAG award for the morning show, and he admiringly looked on and said, "Wow!" And like everyone was like, "Oh, it's, it's they're both separated from their spouses. This might happen. A Brad and Jen reunion." And honestly. Everybody is higher than me. Like, that makes yeah. absolutely no sense. And honestly, it, to, just to see them admire one another, I think that is, as someone who has seen people who have gotten married or who had been together for a long time and se who separate, the best thing that you can hope for, really, is just that if, it's, if both people are good people, that it's civil and that later they can be happy for one another. And there's no need to necessarily get back together. It's mutual respect. And that's great. That is amazing to see two beautiful humans who, you know, divorce. Who are, by all accounts, very nice, 
totally cool, yep. laid back people, people that don't take themselves too seriously. Exactly. But and we they, don't need a couple everybody no, off. No, we don't. And if they can be happy for one another and accept, you know, their victories, then that I think that's Isn't wonderful. that nice? Shouldn't that's we wonderful. look to that as an we example? We should see that as an example of a good thing. And I think it's really just the press who's pissed off about that. They want this so badly. Well, I wouldn't say they're pissed off. They're now turning it into, see, we've been telling you all this time. They're going to get back together. She's going to have twins yeah. via IVF. It's just like, no. she's even said, mold. I'm so, I actually love Jennifer Aniston for how much she talks about how she doesn't want kids. I think and that wonderful. she doesn't feel like she's missing anything no. in her life. Because so few people do talk about it so openly. She's so, a great godmother. Like, what else does she need to what do? What else does she need? Oh, my God. What could you possibly want from this woman? And so the last point I have to make about this couple is, I, I, you know, we've kind of gone into it already, is this the media's fascination. It really is because, you know, when they got together, they wrote their own wedding vows where Brad Pitt said that he would vow to split the difference on the thermostat, and she pledged to make her ex-husband's favorite well, her now ex-husband's favorite banana shake in bleak. her vows. Very <laughs> bleak. bleak. <laughs> but ultimately, I, you know, like I said, I think we're, it's great that they are civil with one another, can appreciate uh, when they have good things happen to each other. And if they can remain, you know, friends or at least civil, well, that's, that's great. Go away, media. The end. Yeah. They have even said that they're friendly in text. I just, just follow Jennifer Anderson on Instagram and leave that poor woman alone. My next couple is quite short because, well, there isn't a ton of info. I guess they weren't as big of a deal as I thought, or at least not in any sort of factual way that I could find on the internet. I am going to talk about Cameron Diaz and Jared Leto because I do not care for Jared Leto at fucking all. I am centering this whole relationship on the only part of this relationship that I do care about. Cameron motherfucking Diaz. If you're keeping score at home, in the D- Cameron Diaz has pulled some dude's timeline. We are post-Matt Dillon, pre-Justin Timberlake. Wow. Oh, yeah. Because Cameron Diaz was a pretty private person, even back in 1999, it's hard to tell when or how they met, but they officially got together in August of 1999. They got engaged in 2002 and then split in March of 2003. According to some sources, it's because Cameron Diaz's career was about to take off, and Jared Leto was in that 30 like- seconds to... He was in 30 Seconds to Mars during that time. It was and right after Requiem for a Dream, probably, too, right? Yes, because that's 1998. Yeah. So around this time, though, Cameron Diaz was in a bunch of high-profile movies like Any Given Sunday, Charlie's Angels, The Only Good One. Yeah, Gangs of New York. Sweetest Thing. So she had really kind of, like, fleshed out her career. I mean, her performance in Gangs of New York is not good, but it was a high-profile movie that was nominated a bunch of times, and Daniel Day-Lewis gives a great performance. Quick sidebar on The Sweetest Thing, if I may. There is a Marina Girl parody account on Twitter uh, that is just Marina Girl tweets, and the image for the profile is Cameron Diaz in The Sweetest Thing, which is just perfect. Since it's shot in San Francisco. Yes. And my dance teacher in high school, well, actually the dance teacher of the competitive group that I was a part of in high school, he is in the dance scene that they have in the Chinese restaurant when they um, bully Selma Blair into talking about how she has jizz all over her dress. <laughs> So that's a cool thing, and I only found out about this movie because of said dance teacher, who I guess was not fully aware of what his scene was all about. <laughs> he just showed up for the dance and the good time. But that's kind of all I have to say. I mean, I think people were surprised when she got together with Benji Madden, and this is evidence that she has dated a guy in a band before, albeit probably the worst dude to date from a band. Oh, yeah. And Benji Madden, although his dating career is quite illustrious himself, 
and we aren't going into the Madden Brothers on this iteration of Iconic Coupling because no. those two, we could have a whole... We're going to have a pop-punk dating episode. Dear and God. a solid hour. I do not understand the appeal, but it it happened. Uh, so just to say that she was dating musicians at some point and Jared Leto happened to be one of them and then went on to date Justin Timberlake. So there was clearly a pattern happening. Yeah. The Ma- so Good Charlotte is from nearby where I grew up so they used to play my high school like right before they got big they would play like the annual dance-a-thon in my high school dance-a-thon yeah for cystic fibrosis wow okay yeah yeah shout out super dance that's really what it's called so my cup next couple (laughs) this one is a lot of material my friends mainly because Scientology is really what started it and later doomed it we are talking about of course Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes, aka Tomcat. I really who came every up, couple who came up with Tomcat because they should be arrested. They should be arrested. They should be they should be sent to the Scientology camp. Like I've, I'll put it out there. If I can just do a quick detour, I would like to just point out that in the vows that my husband and I wrote, we both vowed to never let the other one become a Scientologist, and this is what this is the entire opposite of what our vows are. Yes. Yes. Also, yeah, never give me a gross nickname like that. I will be very upset. I will make sure to never do that to you. <laughs> That's my friendship vow to you. <laughs> it's beautiful. You've said it in front of all of these faceless it's, people that are listening right now. Recorded. And they will hold you accountable. <laughs> so before these two get together, Katie Holmes was known for having dated her Dawson's Creek co-star, Joshua Jackson, in the late 90s, and then would go on to date Chris Klein from yes. American Pie from 2000 to March 2005. And that month is important. Qu- we will get quick back sidebar. My mom, when she was doing real estate law, uh, helped Chris Klein with something. And so that was around the time that he was dating Katie Holmes. Oh. And he was a very nice Southern boy, according to my, or another, a very nice Midwestern boy, excuse me, according to my mother. And that's all that I found out. Katie never showed up at any point in time. But as a Dawson Creek fan, I made my mom tell me if anything, if she even got a whiff of her coming through to let me know so I could just, you know, casually stop by my mom's office for no big deal. Yeah. Hey, what's up? Oh, oh, I didn't see you there. Hi. Hi. Um, so she was with Chris Klein from 2000 to March 2005, um, and that month is important. We'll get back to that in a second. <laughs> they got engaged in 2003, so they were engaged for two years. Oh, wow. Tom Cruise, where to start? He had been married twice. <laughs> he had been married twice. But I don't know. Just jump right in. Um. So, so before he even gets married, he's dating a couple of older women. So he dated Cher, dated his co-star from Risky Business, uh, Rebecca DeMornay, and then dated Patty Scalfia, who I always mispronounce her name, even though I'm a huge Springsteen fan. She was in, She's, of course, in the E Street Band and would go on to marry Bruce Springsteen. I wonder how all of them... Got together. I don't know. What I, mean, I don't know. We get Rebecca DeMornay, but yeah. I mean, good for Tom. Yeah, was, banging uh, older ladies. I, you know, I appreciate that. That and like finding out that Jim Carrey dated Linda Ronstadt in the eighties. That's another one. What? Where, yes. Yes. What? So when he was in his twenties, he was dating Linda Ronstadt, who probably at that point was late thirties, maybe early forties. I don't know, but I get it. I love it. I she, just I can't imagine that she'd have patience for all his I, antics. But I don't know. I just don't so know. Much, just nonstop bit work. And this is like pre in living color even. He was just like struggling stand-up comic at that point. So meanwhile Tom Cruise after dating a couple of more mature women uh, married his first wife actress Mimi Rogers uh, from 1987 to 1990 and she's the one who introduced him to Scientology and then she left the church. 
Thanks a lot, Mimi. And then in 1990, after he divorced uh, Mimi Rogers, he later dated and married his Days of Thunder co-star, Nicole Kidman. They were together from 1990 to 2001. Whoa. Yes. Yeah, you forget, but they were together for so long. Like, Eyes Wide Shut came out in, I know. in 2001, and that was... That like, was their like, breakup yeah, movie. Yeah, that was their breakup movie, and, and Kubrick actually died while he was making I it. I know. It's so sad. That movie is oh, I mean, cursed. It's, it's so... But Nicole yeah. Kidman was so young. I know. It's, it is kind of crazy to think about. So during that marriage, they adopted two kids, Connor and Isabella, who allegedly don't have much of a relationship with Kidman anymore because she is not a part of the Church of Scientology. She's an SP, y'all. She's an SP, and the we really can't she... get into much more because we do not want to. No, get but their relationship, <laughs> their relationship did in fact end partially because of that. She did not want to continue on with Scientology, right. and her father is actually a psychiatrist. And that is, like, one of the ultimate SPs. They do not believe in psychology or psychiatry. So, um, And didn't Nicole Kidman grow up Catholic, too? I think so, yeah. I'm pretty sure you're right on that one. But so did Tom Cruise, which is interesting. He almost became right. a priest. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there are a couple of actors out there who, like, dabbled in, you know, maybe going priesthood. to the... Priesthood. Yeah, priesthood or going to the seminary. Talk Tom about Cruise. a young pope. Yeah. Am I right? Am I right? See? Hot I, priest. Even I, even I get one in, too. <laughs> Um, so after that, he did, he dated Penelope Cruz for a couple years because of Vanilla Sky. Another crazy coupling. I know. What, what do you think they talked about? I don't even know. And I, knowing Penelope Cruz, I feel like she did not put up with any of the Scientology bullshit. But I'm surprised they stuck for that long together. Right. Despite that. Mostly her. She, I thought she would have walked away way before. Yeah. Yeah. No, seriously. So if you have read Going Clear or have seen the documentary or read the Vanity Fair article about this. Emily's done all three. Um, I've done all three. It is around this time that the Church of Scientology launches this campaign internally to find Tom Cruise a new lady. They actress. Oh, my God. I up, love this. Right. So they auditioned a ton of people for this. And the person they ended up picking was Nazanin Boniadi. And I'm so sorry if I butchered that. Uh, who has detailed in an interview that this experience was so emotionally abusive and that she even left the Church of Scientology after this experience. In retaliation, the church, after this article was published in Vanity Fair, the church threatened to sue, but later, uh, former Scientologist Tom Haggis, the, you know, the screenwriter. Oh, yeah, um, Paul Haggis. Paul, so why, why did I say Tom Haggis? Because you're talking about Tom Cruise. Paul Haggis, the screenwriter um, who has left the church as well, uh, confirmed that this story was in fact true. So that relationship did not work out. And um, Can I just hit a quick pause and ask sure. you a question? Did you see... Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
either the trailer or any episode of, there was an e-scripted uh, show that was basically this story, where a, a dude, an actor, who is in, like, a religious-y kind of cult, they launch an internal thing where they oh. try to find him a girlfriend, they find him a girlfriend, Briefly. she doesn't... I Barely forget what it's called. It. I know what you're talking about. I don't remember the name. It was very interesting. It. And I remember, like, Church of Scientology tried to get out in front of it. They're like, that's not us. Like, it's not about us. And if yeah. he, like, tries to say it is us, we'll fucking sue them. So, and, like, and it's so funny. Anytime anything gets published, yeah, they're going to sue you. So, I was a consultant at Warner Brothers when Going Clear came out or right around that time on HBO. And I remember talking to a client over there on my project and asking her, like, was, because I knew Warner Brothers owned HBO, was it a big deal, like, when that documentary came out because so many employees of Warner Brothers and actors and what have you uh, are, you know, Scientologists. And she told me that the company had to send a company-wide memo to all employees that stated that though HBO is owned by Warner Brothers, that this was in no way representative of the feelings and opinions of Warner Brothers as a whole. To, like, clarify and as a CYA move. Yikes. Yep. Don't so, join Scientology is the takeaway. So, meanwhile, while this whole Scientology, let's find Tom a girlfriend thing is going on, there is a 2004 interview with Seventeen Magazine where Katie Holmes tells a reporter about her crush on Tom Cruise and how growing up she had a poster of him and thought she was going to marry him. And actually, there was an interview I read with the woman who played Grams on Dawson's Creek, Mary Beth Pale, who is actually a really famous theater Broadway actress. Um, and she talked about how one time, you know, before they got together, she was sitting in a makeup chair during one episode and Katie Holmes was nearby and they brought up uh, Tom Cruise for uh, because they were talking about Jerry Maguire. And immediately she had said something slightly negative about Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes was like, you can't say that. And then went into all the details about knowing everything there was to know about Tom Cruise. So this kind of set things up a little bit. Um, it's not really clear if, if she was brought on by Scientology or whatnot, but that's pretty soon. They um, In March 2005, she and Chris Klein end things. And in April 2005, she and Tom Cruise are seen publicly for the first time. So a month later. This timeline reminded me a lot of Ariana Grande and Pete Holmes. Or sorry. <laughs> Pete Holmes. Could you imagine wow. awkward Pete Holmes dating Ariana Grande? What? Yeah. What? Balamos Pete Holmes? It's no, been, I don't. I can't even. Ladies and gentlemen, it has been a week. Pete so, Holmes and Ar I'm starting that rumor. <laughs> Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson's relationship was very similar timelines in terms of people ending relationships and then starting up relationships. So then after April 2005, where they're seen together for the first time, May of 2005 is when Tom Cruise goes on Oprah to declare his love for Katie Holmes and oh God. infamously leaps on top of the sofa he was just sitting on and says, quote, I'm in love. I'm in love and it's one of those things where you want to be cool. Like, yeah, I like her and that's not how I feel. I wanted to meet this person and I met her and she's extraordinary. It just makes me think about Forever that gif where it's Tom Cruise jumping on the couch but it's a bunch of bees. Forever were, seared in our memories. I mean, he's just like, I'm in love and I don't care who knows it. It's literally like a scene in Elf where like Buddy the Elf is like, I'm in love, I'm in love. And it, it was just like that. But in real life, not actors. No, I remember everybody being haunted. Yes, for many years. <laughs> to this day for To this me, day, quite frankly, yeah. A month later in June. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. I had to do a little month by month action because the, the the timeline for this relationship, you guys, is 
bonkers. We need like a twenty, like the show twenty four. We need like the little countdown like, clock. Tick tock, like new things Boop. just happen. Yeah, Beep. engagement, Boop. pregnancy. <laughs> I mean, they really sped this shit up they, on a timeline, like, honey. They were like, "We got places to be. We got bitches to impregnate. We gotta get dude. married. Let's let's have Jada Pickett Smith come to our wedding. Like Holy we've got shit. it all." A month later, June of two thousand five, Katie Holmes says that she is going to convert to Scientology, and this is around <laughs> the time she's doing press for Batman Begins because she's in that first oh, right. Nolan movie. Yeah, people forget. And what's interesting is this is really kind of the peak of her career at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll go into that more later. So in 2005, they announced their, in, oh, June of 2005, that same month, they announced their engagement. So let's let's recap, shall we? April, March of 2005, she announces her breakup with Chris Klein. April of 2005, she steps out publicly with Tom Cruise. May of 2005, Oprah Couch. June of no, 2000- no, May of 2005, we're in love. We're in love, Oprah Couch. <laughs> June of 2005, engagement and potential conversion to Scientology. Well, I feel like it's just like if you got married to, or if you were going to marry somebody who practices uh, their Jewish Jewish faith, yes. you would have to convert to Judaism. Right. And it's a part, like, you can't get married without it. And, right. I mean, I'm not trying to equate Scientology, which is absolute nonsense, with Judaism, which is a real religion. Mm-hmm. But it, I feel like that the announcement together was not totally surprising. No, no. In October of that year, they announced... And that she th- already seemed kind of brainwashed. All yes. right, moving on. In October of that year, they announced that they are pregnant, and uh, Katie Holmes would go on to give birth to Surrey Cruz. Silently. Silently, because you're not allowed to make noise, or you are supposed to resist making noise while giving birth in Scientology tradition. That was a huge to-do in the tabloids, too. Oh, my God. Of course. And he bought all the medical... So this is amazing. During the pregnancy, he bought a sonogram for the house. He bought all this medical equipment and said that they would donate it once they were done and had given birth. But all these doctors were like, uh, yeah, dude, just because you have the equipment and the means for it doesn't mean you are a licensed <laughs> operator of said medical devices for your pregnant wife. Like, I totally forgot about that. He unhinged you guys a little bit. I mean, unhinged. I'm really glad that he's course corrected so I can enjoy yes. the Mission Impossible franchise. Of course, of course. But he was very unwell. There was a five year <laughs> period, which we'll talk about even more. It uh, got it gets dork. It gets dork indeed. Um, so a few months later, after she gives birth in April, um, in October of 2006, they are the cover of Vanity Fair, and that's like the first time we see Surrey Cruz and some oh, family right. photos. And then they would get married in Italy the following month. And, of course... Oh, my God, that wedding photo in front of that wall of flowers where she's, like, trying to make it seem like he's not as short as he is. I know. Oh, my God. I I can see it. I don't even need to look it up. I see it in my brain. You guys, his best man was fucking David Miscavige. Where is Shelly? Where is (laughs) Shelly? Justice for Shelly. Oh, my God. And, I mean, again, you guys, I'm sure many of you, because uh, we, we, we know and love you all, uh, have seen, heard, read all the Scientology things, Leah Remini, Going Clear, what have you. Anyway, I'll, we won't go into too much of a deep dive. But Leah, but Leah Remini was at their wedding. She was at the wedding. That's, I think, where she asked or tried to ask about Shelley. Right. This was the beginning yes. of her being excommunicated from the church. Yes. I just remembered that, too. Like, she's the first person to be like, where's Shelly? And everyone's like, you can't ask about Shelly. And it's like, oh, my God. Um, so looking back. Right, because when she's like, I was warned at the wedding. Yes. Then I was warned again. Yes. And then they, like, quarantined yes. her and, like, asked yes. her a bunch of questions. Yeah. Yes. Also, I believe J-Lo and Mark Anthony, another iconic couple, RIP to their relationship, not to them, obviously. 
Uh, they were also there. Yeah. They Will were also Smith bizarrely. And Pinkett, George Clooney with whoever his girlfriend was at the time. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was a With wild, not Amal Clooney. No, not Amal Clooney. Um, what a wild time. They really had an interesting set of friends. Like, you Indeed. would never think, the way that Tom Cruise was behaving, that these cool people would show up to his wedding. No. It was such I a I guess everybody strange... just wants an excuse to go to Italy. Yeah, it was a strange time. During this all, Cruise was, of course, already known for being a devout Scientologist, um, and it was, you know, he had talked about it briefly in interviews, um, but that's really around the time where it became even more publicly apparent how devout he was in, in his Scientology and just how high up he was in the organization. So around 2008, there is that indoctrination video that goes viral that was never supposed to be shared outside the church. Um, and it's, I think Gawker leaks it and, or there were a couple of reporters who leaked it. And it was the one where he's like laughing kind of maniacally the whole time about like, you know, my one time this person told me that one day we'll live in a world where there are no SPs and SPs are the suppressed people or suppressive people. And these include people who've talked shit about the church, trying to get someone to leave the church who supports psychiatry and psychology or communicate with another suppressive person. And so was just laughing about that, that one day there would be no more suppressive people in the world. And just it was so disturbing to watch. And this is when Cruz's career takes a bit of a nosedive. Over the next few years. Big time. Big time. Like, I remember seeing that Mission Impossible movie that came out around that Mission time, Impossible 3, which was bad. Which was bad. And people clapped when Cruz got hurt or when it looked like he had died. I forget what it exactly it's, was. It starts off... Where it looks like he's like faked his death. Yes. And then it then it's seen that he isn't dead and I don't really remember. It's so I long did, since I've seen that, like fifteen years ago. I did see it in theaters. I actually fell down the theater steps because we came in as the trailers were going, but it was like between trailers. Oh yeah. And the lights weren't really bright enough and I missed a step and as my friend reached out to try and grab me because I was slipping he accidentally pushed me and it fell. And it was 100% a clueless Britney Murphy moment where everybody's like, oh my God, that looks really bad. Are you okay? I'm like, oh my God, stop talking to me, please. That like literally happened to me last night at a theater. Yeah, so um, that really colored my opinion of Mission Impossible 3, which I don't think is very good. But the franchise has really turned it around. It's The last, the last three movies have been so good. So, yeah, that is true. I th- again, he's he's turned everything around. He's he's reverse course. Sure, so, but in this time, like you said, still, Mission Impossible three not well not received. Great, not great. And I think apart from Tropic Thunder, that was yeah. Like I feel really, like that was the beginning of redeeming himself. That's about, yeah, that's about the time. So over the next few years, they're not as much in the limelight. And while they still gush about each other in interviews, like Katie Holmes starts saying things like she went from saying they would have a lot of kids together to. She wants to have more kids, but not in the near future, and just wants to focus on Surrey. And she kind of becomes almost a full-time mom. And partially, I think it was out of choice, but the other thing was that really after Batman Begins, I can't think of many movies she was in during that time. Like, maybe Mad Money is the only one I can think of with Queen Latifah and Diane Keaton. Sure, but that was much later. Much later. I think you're right. That might have been close to divorce at that point. When did they get divorced? Uh, 2012. Right. So I think that Mad Money must have been 2010. Something like that. Because we did some promo at it the first my first job out of college and I remember that because I remember thinking like oh good she's back and then seeing the trailer being oh no not this one (laughs) so she really didn't do much during that time and I don't and so part of it is is you know I think she wanted to be more 
do the mom thing more, but also it's, it's plot her escape out. from well, Scientology. It's come out in later years that there was, you know, quite a few strict regulations in that marriage. Um, so where trouble in paradise begins, Cruz appears at the Rock of Ages movie premiere in June of 2012 without Katie Holmes, and later that month they announced their split. This was well covered by a Tumblr that I adored back in the day that was called Surrey's Burn Book. And it was this woman <laughs> who, kind of like what Gary Gennetti does with Prince George, did this with Surrey Cruz and would just like take down pictures like paparazzi photos of celebrities with their children and the outfits that they were wearing. And like she had celebrities, like Surrey Cruz came out to be like this catty human who loved certain ones. Like she loved the Beckham kids, but like would hate shit all over the Jolie Pitt kids and what they were wearing and the, uh, Affleck Garner children and what they were wearing. And she's like, how dare Violet wear glasses? Like it was, it, so re- it really is Gary Janetti. It really was like before that all happened. Surrey's burn book was where it was at. Um, that of course that divorce comes out and it was alleged that it was alleged that the split was due to her opposition of the Church of Scientology and raising Surrey as a Scientologist. And their divorce settlement, which, um, you know, some things we know for sure, others we don't 100% know. But one thing is sure that that divorce settlement gave Katie Holmes sole custody of Surrey while Cruz had visitation rights. And so, as you've seen in the last few years, anytime you see a photo of Surrey Cruz, it's almost always with her mom. Dude, no. I, there are tabloid covers where it's like, 782 days since Surrey's seen daddy. It's, it is insane. On, like, it unhinged. Uh, and also just so fucking cruel. Like, saying yeah. she actually was more of, like, a, a raised as, like, a normal child, and she were to go to the supermarket and see that, I mean, that's just devastating. It's zero regard for how another person may or may not be feeling about this. But also just so out of touch with reality that yep. it's practically laughable. Yep. So the where they are today, um, Katie Holmes dated Jamie Foxx up until this past year. And actually one of the conditions allegedly in her divorce settlement was that she couldn't have a high profile relationship that was made public for the first five years after their divorce, which is why they really she really laid low with Jamie Foxx. I don't know if that's a hundred percent true. Um, I could see it being there being something like that, some sort of clause in that settlement, but, uh, they split, unfortunately, recently, very recently, like a lot last couple of months. And that was right after they had been public kind of for the first time. Cruz hasn't been in any high profile relationship since this divorce and has really laid low on the Scientology declarations. Uh, as I said earlier, she has sole custody of Surrey and Cruz does not see her that frequently. Um, but meanwhile, um, Tom Cruise's kids from his marriage to Nicole Kidman have actually taken on really prominent roles in the church. And in a leaked newsletter from last year, Isabella Cruz talked about becoming an auditor. So they're both pretty high up. And I believe his son, Connor, is dating another prominent young Scientologist. Um, ultimately, this marriage killed a big part of Katie Holmes' career. She was really kind of peak at that Batman Begins when, she, you know, the beginning of the Christopher Nolan trilogy. But after that, we really didn't see her in much. She did that Kennedy's miniseries a couple of years ago. Oh, I heard that was... Sequel. I heard she was good. She was good. I saw it. It was like Greg Kinnear plays JFK. Um, I don't remember anyone else, really. I think... Um, what's his name? The guy who's in every single miniseries on HBO. Older gentleman. Um, Tom... I'll think about it later. He played Joe Kennedy. But it was pretty good, and she did a good job as Jackie Kennedy. Um and uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, I, I'm glad to see that she seems happy and she's been doing theater and lives in New York with her daughter. 
but ultimately this was a pretty dark marriage um, and just kind of unfortunate because you know Katie Holmes really didn't have much of a career and uh, she seems to be coming back now but hasn't really ever gotten the roles that she would have gotten had her career you know continued to be on the rise after Batman Begins. Katie Holmes hasn't really experienced sort of like a Nicole Kidman like renaissance no, yet. No, no. Maybe she will. I've heard speculation that she does have some stuff pending that she might be a part of and hopefully something is high profile enough to kind of like hit so it'll stick i'd like to see her on tv again like i think she's a good like there's so much good tv out there i think she needs to be in like a, an americans like carrie russell yeah, kind of role what I'm thinking too. And I think or like a homeland i don't know she yeah. does like pensive crying face quite well so i i don't know i think she could do something in the future but we'll see and maybe she doesn't really want to act that much anymore it's hard to tell because she doesn't really Talk about it, and that's her right, because we don't need to know everything. She's not in a high-profile relationship anymore. Yep. So that's that. Well, it gives me absolute pleasure and delight to talk about our generations, Rita Wilson and Tom Hanks, Freddie Prince Jr., and Sarah Michelle Gellar. (laughs) This is definitely the first celeb couple I actively shipped. As a fan of Freddie Prince Jr.'s handsome face and a big enough fan of Buffy that I could regularly write fan fiction, I was very into them getting together. They're still together, which is great. They recently celebrated 20 years, 17 married, and my girl SMG posted this to IG. I should have not written it that way because now I have to stick with what I just said out loud. It was cute. It was cute. <laughs> she posted something to Instagram this week. I think you reposted it onto our stories I as did. well. I did, because they are, for us, they're, they're kind of like our royal couple. Yeah, they. I definitely, and this is dumb, but kind of admire their relationship. Yes. I think. I think it's really heartwarming to see them still together, especially as, you know, a remnant of some childhood and nostalgia is tied up in that as well. And with children who have relatively normal names in yes. comparison Charlotte to and Rocky. In a great, world of great apples names. and Moseses. Be a Charlotte and a Rocky. I also like that Sarah Michelle Gellar respects her children's privacy enough yes. to not show their pictures all the time. She also was the face of a pro-vaccination PSA a few years ago, and I was just like, thank you for actually standing for something that is so not recognized in your community. Like, I to see a face like her just be like, yeah, it's that time of year. You should be vaccinating your children. I love Sarah Michelle Gellar. I think she's great. And she's one of my, you know, top ten white women. (laughs) Right up there with Celine Dion and Uh, Elizabeth Warren. Okay. So she posted a photo of them actually just this past week. It was a then and now photo of her with Freddie Prince Jr. And the caption read, 20 years ago this week, my friend Freddie Prince Jr. and I were supposed to have dinner with a mutual friend from out of town. The friend missed her flight, but we still decided to meet and catch up. Now 20 years together, 17 plus... 17 plus married and two kids and we still go to that restaurant for dinner thank you to at sloney 77 for not showing up for dinner which i thought was adorable and warmed my heart as if they were part of my extended family or something equally as creepy even though they met in 1997 on the set of i know you did last summer they didn't start dating until 2000 when what was supposed to be a casual friend date turned into a romantic date They credit being friends for a few years before getting together as the key or one of the keys to their successful relationship. They got engaged in April of 2001, and per, actually, ironically, a pop bitch newsletter that I got just this week, they had a really fun tidbit that Freddie Prince Jr. celebrated his engagement to Sarah Michelle Gellar by buying them his and hers matching bowling balls. That is so cute, slash so 2000-1999. Yeah, I mean, couldn't you just see them doing some promotion at, like, pins or whatever? (laughs) Yes. 
And you know she had, like, I had a purse from Puma around that time. Yes, that was bowling yeah, bag yeah, shape, yeah, baby. Yep, yep. That's that yep. fashion time. Spent so much babysitting money on it. But I felt like this is... This is sort of like the wholesome content that people loved about kind of like Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt. Not yeah. saying that they're on the same wavelength, but no. they're like, they are the Emmy versions of the Oscar couple, you know? They and that's no tea, no shade. I think that they're great together. And the nice people. Like, they're genuinely nice. nice people. Yes, they are the neighbors who will, if they see your garbage can out, like, pull it up to the curb, you know, yeah. and get it out of the way. Yeah. That kind of thing. They got married in Mexico in September of 2002, but not without some natural natural disasters along the way, which I remember weirdly, extremely clearly, because they had a lot of interviews about their wedding afterwards, because what happened was such a bizarre anomaly. First, they had Hurricane Hernan come through, forcing their initially outdoor wedding indoors, and then at the end of the night, when everyone was leaving to go back to the hotel, a 4.6 magnitude earthquake hit. What? Yes. Both of those things happened on their wedding day. No. I know, isn't, I mean, I don't know. It, your wedding day is already stressful enough. I am surprised. I would have, like, completely, I lost my mind over, like, fucked up lift codes. Like, I can't even imagine. No. Oh, my God. I can't even imagine having a goddamn hurricane and an earthquake. I don't know. I, I probably just would have gotten wasted. I mean, whatever. Anyway. But other than that, their wedding was fairly small, 60 people. Sarah Michelle Gellar's mom watched it on the idol, and Adam Shankman officiated their ceremony. Oh, Right? I had no idea. They've gone on to not only live happily ever after, but also play love interest in two Scooby-Doo movies and frequently voice characters together on Star Wars Rebel and a couple of other features. In 2007, for their fifth wedding anniversary, Sarah Michelle Gellar changed her last name to Prince. She surprised him by showing her a driver's license with her name changed to Sarah Prince. Aw. Isn't that cute? That's cute. They're cute. That's they're, it. They're, they're great. They're nice. They're normal. They don't have I, any... I mean, their tabloid coverage is very much like, look how cute they are. Yeah, they were out at Disney World. Like, he's totally a dilf of Disneyland. Oh, my I God. I love it. He is now a cookbook author, and also he has, I believe, either a YouTube or a Twitch channel where he plays video games people can watch along. A couple of years ago, you might remember Sarah Michelle Gellar was doing some interview for... Either that show that she was on with R.I.P. Robin Williams. Oh, the crazy ones. Or, or another one where she was talking about how there was a point when Freddie Prince Jr. got really addicted to World of Warcraft that she joined a support group called Widows of World of Warcraft. <laughs> where she met wow, other, wow. Yeah, where she met other women whose husbands were constantly playing the game. <sighs> but it seems like, you know, they've talked it out. They've reached some sort of agreement. And now he just only does it when he's doing like a Twitch or YouTube live stream, which is just as crazy to me. Um, also, Sarah Michelle Gellar has, in addition to still acting, a lot, like, mostly on TV, for the most part, I think. Yeah. And doing, popping up in movies and stuff here and there. She also owns Foodsters, yeah. which is, like, a an easy cake bake company. It's like a microwavable mug cake type Pretty thing. much. And yeah. it's supposed to be, you know, not, like, natural ingredients and no, like, additive whatever. And it, it's fairly su- successful in its own right. They, like, open on NASDAQ. And what I think is interesting, a couple years ago, I think for Star Wars Rebel... Freddie Prince Jr. was on Kimmel or someone, and he was talking about how he looks around and a lot of his friends got married around the same time, and now a lot of them are divorced and they're still the only ones. And he's like, I don't really know what the key to success is other than communicating with your partner and always finding time to spend together, whether it's just running errands or walking your dogs. He's like, you just got to make the most out of the minutes that you have. And I thought that was so sweet. And they just seem to genuinely like each other. She posted a picture not too long ago where she was wearing pajamas with his face on it. I just love them. I I'm, think they're great. I am so fucking biased. <laughs> no, I mean, I I was telling you before we started recording, I just, I love her re- friendship with Selma Blair, who has MS, 
and how good she's been to her and just they're always posting photos together and it's just sweet it's really nice to see that people can be normal people can be normal people can be kind um and that people can have a successful relationship in hollywood that is just really nice to see well that's why i called them the tom hanks and rita wilson of our time they really are they really are for my last couple that i wish i could have had more info here But it's of Kirsten Dunst and Jake Gyllenhaal, who (laughs) I adored when they were together because their paparazzi photos were some of my favorite paparazzi We were just revisiting them before we sat down to record. Let's just say our Instagram account in the next few weeks will have some great pictures from their time together. They were my favorite couple to do research on because I really liked them when they were together. Definitely like low-key L.A. Brooklyn vibes, you know, like they were the couple that would run errands while walking the dog and getting their pizza, like just cute stuff like that. Before they got together, Kirsten Dunst had dated, sort of dated, because she was a teenager, Jake Hoffman, who is son, whose dad is Dustin Hoffman, um, because they were in Wag the Dog together. Oh. She also dated her Spider-Man co-star, Tobey Maguire. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then meanwhile, Jake Gyllenhaal had dated Jenny Lewis in 2001, and she was, in fact, his date to the 2001 Golden Globes when Donnie Darko was nominated. Oh. Yeah. They got together in 2002 when they were introduced to one another by Jake's sister, Maggie Gyllenhaal. They had worked, she and Kirsten Dunst had worked together on Mona Lisa's Smile. Oh, my God, that fucking movie. Uh, I used to love it, and now, like, rewatching it. I didn't like, even, I wanted to love it so bad, and then I, I remember I rented it, and I didn't even finish it. I'm like, I am bored to tears. Just, it did not age as well as I'd hoped. And um, they, so they started dating in 2002 and dated until 2004. During that time, they bought a house together in L.A. and adopted a German Shepherd mixed puppy who I believe's name was Lovey, if I recall correctly. <laughs> what like, is the season two of you? Um, <laughs> I also remember when they bought that house and got the dog, I'm like, oh, they're getting married. They're going to get married. <laughs> they're perfect together. Oh She's perfect. He's perfect. Oh, she, my God. They were, they, if I recall correctly, they were a great, like, headwear com- uh, couple like she wore a lot of knit berets at the time this is like peak <laughs> elizabeth town people if you recall and then i'm pretty sure gyllenhaal was a big cap guy at the time too or beanies they like, were just so cute yeah, together very cute they were seen out and about walking said dog running errands and of course the infamous salad eating photos there is this great paparazzi photo that we're going to put on the instagram account from this time where they caught the two of them in this perfect moment where Kirsten Dunst is making a weird face while putting salad in her mouth with her fork, and <laughs> Gyllenhaal just looks at her absolutely disgusted. And I don't remember what year this was taken, if this was right before they broke up. <laughs> but then there's another photo in this series where he's spoon-feeding her some soup. Like, Oh, my God. This is exactly why housewives have a clause <sighs> to not eat on camera. God. Where are they now? There was really not much else I could find on this couple. It's more really the aftermath that's interesting. So after they split, Kirsten Dunst dated a few famous people, including Johnny Burrell, who's the lead singer of Razor Light, and Garrett Hedlund from 2012 to 2016, who she met on the set of On the Road. She would later start dating Jesse Plemons in yay. 2016, yay, who she met while fl- filming that uh, the season that they were both on together for the show Fargo. Yes. And they would go on to get engaged and have a kid in 2018. Also, by the way, justice for her performance in Fargo. She, she deserved fantastic. a Golden Globe. Yep. She deserved a SAG Award. So good. She was fucking robbed that year. So, I forget who. So good. I can't believe Lady that Gaga made... beat her out. That is absolute bullshit. Oh, it was Gaga, wasn't yes. it? Yes. That yeah. fucking award was bought and paid no. for. Yep, yep. And not to say that as someone who likes Lady Gaga, but that fucking season of Horror Story was also god-awful. Not good. 
So Jake Gyllenhaal, on the other hand, briefly dated Natalie Portman and then dated Reese Witherspoon <laughs> from 2007 to 2009, which I totally forgot. She He was her first post-Ryan divorce guy. And I think she goes from him to her husband that she's yes, married to that now. that is exactly true. Jim something or another? Yes. That's like CCA agent? Jim Toth. Thank you. Uh, right after she had split from Ryan Felipe, she dates, they, they date for two years, and he was a very big part of their life. Like she would, he, you know, was a good, like guy to the kids and all that stuff. Um, then he dated Taylor Swift from 2010 to 2011. And this is when they went on their maple latte dates together. And he went on to inspire some of the songs on her album red. And then later dated model Alyssa Miller from 2011 to 13. And is currently dating a model, a French model by the name of Jeanne Cadieu, who is, as we checked, I think 15 years younger than him. She was born in 1996. So she's quite a bit younger. Let's just hope he doesn't go full Leo on us. He fucking better not. I'm going to be so annoyed if he I does. I loved him in Sack Lunch Bunch, like the John Mulaney special. I'm like, if he can be in that, I he, he has to be better than going full Leo. Well, I will say in the time that he's been banging models, his performance in Nightcrawler and Velvet Buzzsaw are some of my favorites of his entire career. Mm-hmm. He was so good. Nightcrawler is so good. Anyway, I could talk about that all day, but that's not what you guys want to hear about. What you want to hear about is Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams. They're going to close this out. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams, as you probably all know, met on the set of The Notebook in 2003 and notoriously fucking hated each other. There's a story that Nick Cassavetes, the director, likes to tell about how Ryan Gosling pulls him aside one day and asked for the script soup to read her lines off camera for him so that you have to physically share a scene with her. No. Yes, which I think is fucking batshit crazy. Mm-mm. This is literally the person you have. Like, there's no way around it. I, you can't be, like, transferred I to a different department. No, I think Gosling has calmed down since this. He I think so, like too. He's like, a good dad and, like, you know. No, I mean, like, this but, is also, like, one of his first big roles. And I think he was very earnest and took things very seriously. Right, for and, sure. But this is still... Absolutely insane. And by the way, there is still more. I am not done with the story. So Cassavetti's solution was to let them yell it out in a room with a couple of producers playing ref. Apparently, and Cassavetti's, as soon as they started screaming at each other, exits the room and was a smoker at the time. He's like, smoke break for me, and then just left. So he left. He let the producers deal with it. And then apparently that helped at least enough to carry on the shoot where they could physically share scenes with each other and convey some sort of modicum of chemistry, enough to build a wild fan base who were very, very invested in them on and off screen. According to a GQ interview with Ryan Gosling in 2007, he said the switch from love to hate happened a few years later when they ran into each other in New York. Or hate to love. Whoops. Yep. The other way. <laughs> you know, just like Allie and Nick. What's his name? Noah. Noah. Sorry. <laughs> You're thinking of Duke because that's like what he goes by when he's older. Like the James Garner character. Oh, right. Who tricks you into thinking like, yeah, who are these couples? Anyway, and then how could we forget the infamous couple coming out party at the 2005 MTV Movie Awards? They shocked everyone by reenacting their jump kiss in the rain, but like for really real this time. They broke up initially in 2007, but got back together briefly in 2008, only to break up again. Neither have ever directly stated what led to their breakups, but Ryan Gosling has alluded to it a few times famously, or at least to me, in the same GQ interview from before, he says, quote, God bless the notebook. It introduced me to one of the great loves of my life. But people do Rachel and me a disservice by assuming we were anything like the people in that movie. Rachel and I had a love story that is a hell of a lot more romantic than that. 
The only thing I remember is we both went down swinging and we called it a draw. When they broke up for good in 2008, though, they cited the standard busy schedules. They are now both married to other people and have two kids, respectively, not with each other. You know, I they're both really chill people, especially They're her. non-problematic Canadians. No. I think I've talked about this on the pod before, but... Um, she is someone who lives in Toronto. I think she still does to this day. She's she very, does. very low key. She lives in Kensington Market, which is a really cool neighborhood in Toronto. With screenwriter Jamie Linden, who I didn't look up what he's written, but he gets work. And she's one of those people who just, you know, runs her errands and is very chill and just lives a normal life. Like, that that's a very Canadian celebrity thing to do. Like, when you go to Toronto, I, I've seen several celebrities um, and my, my cousin, of course, and aunt and uncle who live there, it's just like when Suits was happening, they saw people, they saw Meghan Markle all the time and like the rest of the cast. Um, and it's just like a normal thing. Like people don't bother you in Toronto. It's like, it's kind of like LA, but not, but without like the, I feel like the tourists wouldn't bother you in Toronto. Like, it's just kind of a chill, like, oh, you're filming this show here. We're not going to bother you. We're just going to let you buy your cheese and your wine at this grocery store. Right. I think it's only sort of. LA where it kind of happens the most frequently I think I think it happens in New York but a lot of New Yorkers are so don't give don't a fucking shit. care at all that don't give a shit. if they see you they're just sort of like all right great for you bro <laughs> just to keep it moving which I find very refreshing mm-hmm. but I feel like if you are a native of LA and you are accosting any famous person you really need to recheck your values because <laughs> for sure that makes no sense oh but I did once see Sarah Michelle Gellar and Freddie Prince Jr. in a parking lot at the peak of my whatever love for them and didn't say anything but just audibly gasped loud enough that they looked at me and like smiled and waved <laughs> which is not the first time I've audibly gasped in front of a celebrity. They heard it and then laughed at me. My big thing is that my eyes just widen. Like, I never, I don't gasp, but I go like, like, like Macaulay called me. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, Minus the sound effect. I saw in the, when I was the Women's March a few years ago in 2017, I was, so John Waters lives at least part-time in San Francisco. And I cannot believe I've never seen him once, so not even I, on accident I or purpose. I saw him. He was wearing sunglasses, trying to be, you know, a little incognito. Sure. But he had the pencil-thin mustache, and, like, you know, he's an older gentleman, so, like, immediately saw him, and, like, my eyes went, and he nodded to me, like, a thank you for not saying anything out loud type of thing, but I, I exchanged a look. Like, I know who you are, but I will not say it. I feel like that's almost more gratifying. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like we've shipped to our heart's content on this edition of Iconic Couplings because I feel like even in going through the ones that we had, we have even more to cover, just like emo bands. Oh, yeah. Well, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please check out our Medium page where we will have a little accompaniment to this Iconic Couplings episode. We are the Old Millennials Pod on Medium if you would like to read anything about Y2K or award shows or this. And please Follow us on there as well. And if you enjoyed the podcast, make sure you leave us a review if it's nice. And if you don't want to leave a review, at least give us five stars, especially if you enjoyed it. And the biggest gift of all is tell someone else to listen to this podcast. Tell a friend. We're also on Facebook at the the Old Millennials Pod and on Instagram as the Old Millennials Pod. And you can follow us individually on Twitter. I am at Marge She Wrote. And I am at Emily A. Bajan. And until next time, we bid you a bye. bye.
Hi, my name's Christian. And I'm Julia. And we're the hosts of the Teen Wolf Rewolf podcast. A podcast about MTV's Teen Wolf. Where every week we take an episode of Teen Wolf and discuss it through a literary lens. Putting our fine arts degrees to good use. So if you're not over all the television you watched in high school, join us on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow us for updates on Twitter and Instagram at teenwolf underscore rewolf. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.